Hello, welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 106, and today we're starting off James 2. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. All right, so glimpse of grace. For today's glimpse of grace, I would love to hear if there was something you read this week that God kind of just showed you a glimpse of grace. Yeah, so in our small group, our GC as it's now called, mm-hmm. um, we have been reading the book Mama Bear Apologetics. So good. And it's such, such a good good book. I highly recommend it. But this week's chapter was on emotionalism. Mm. And this just hit really close to home for me because I'm a very emotional person. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times a day almost I say, but I feel this way. Uh, uh-huh. And it's hard because that's kind of what the world tells you to do the world mm-hmm. tells you to follow your heart and mm-hmm. you know listen to your feelings and um but that's actually kind of contrary to what the bible says mm-hmm. you know the bible says the heart's deceitful above all and um emotions are good god gave us emotions we see that all throughout the psalms but um our like our emotions need to come from truth truth mm-hmm. doesn't come from your emotions yes. if that makes any yeah. sense and yeah. that's what they were talking about and so to me that was such a grace because that's something that I feel like I've really been struggling with mm-hmm. lately and so reading that specific chapter this week was just really helpful to remind me of where our truth lies mm-hmm. and kind of to put my emotions in their proper place that's one of my favorite chapters in that yeah. whole book it's a good one she talks about um, feelings are not facts yes Yes. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good book. It's called Mama Bear Apologetics. It's good if you want to read it. You don't have to be a mom to read it. Either. No, it's, no. In fact, yeah. a lot of the people you're going mm-hmm. through it with are not. So exactly. It's, yep. it's very good. Um, I think for me, I'm going to have a hard time articulating it because I'm still trying to understand it. But I've started reading um, God, God is the Gospel by John Piper. And I can't even get past the first page because... <laughs> Well, just because Piper's so rich um, and just has like this way of explaining things that you have to read like seven times to try to yes. grasp it. I read it twice and then I read it out loud to my husband and I was like, I'm still trying to grasp this. But he's talking about this idea of how when we think of humanly love, we think of making much of the person that we love so that they feel loved. Like mm-hmm. think of it with your kids or so, you know, like they do something good and you're like, wow, that was so good. I yeah. love you. I'm proud of you. Like you're making much of them. But um, Piper is saying that's not how God loves. God loves by making much of Christ. Mm. And so he shows us he loves us by making much of Christ. Whoa. And so my brain is like, yeah. well, okay, what does that look like then for me to do that in my relationships? Like daily. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, there's some easy practical things like, okay, when my kid does something really I'd be like, wow, look at how God has gifted you with kindness in the way you're sharing with your sister mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I think it's even deeper than that. And so I'm still kind of p- trying to process like, What does that look like? And he says, like, when we think about the cross, do we think about the cross as making much of us? Like Christ died for us us, to make much of us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's this whole kind of like rethinking that's going on in my brain that I'm like, I don't really know what to do with this yet. Good Good old pipes. Just love him. Yeah. (laughs) Just some light reading. Just some light reading. (laughs) It's actually a kind of small book, but if you can't get past the first page. 
know. <laughs> you might be in trouble. <laughs> yes, this is very true. This is very true. Okay, so we're jumping in on chapter two now, but let's kind of just rehash where we're picking up, right? Because we always say when they wrote the Bible, James wasn't like, and now this is chapter two, verse exactly. one. Yeah. Um, those are put yeah. in after to help us and give us reference points. But we, when he was writing this, it was one letter. Um, and so where did we kind of leave off at the end of chapter one? So he had been talking about how we're to be doers and not just hearers. And he was also talking about um, this pure and undefiled religion and what that looks like. So now we're moving into this part where James is going to talk about some things that can hinder that and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily how to do it, yeah. but things that can keep us from doing it. Which is interesting. I've been um, going with a couple of women at our church that are wanting to mentor. And so we've been kind of walking through this curriculum of what it looks like to be a good mentor. And, and we start with what's going to kind of stop you from doing mm, that. So I feel yeah. like it's, it's quite often oh, that that's we good. see this kind of rhythm, right? We're like, here's the goal. Now what's going to kind of stop you from reaching that goal so we can kind of move through mm-hmm. that and be aware mm-hmm. of what it is so we can recognize it and kind of like repent of it and push past well, it. Well, and that's exactly, as you were saying that, that's what I was thinking is like repentance is one of the first steps like of knowing that you need God, right? Right, Like realizing like what's keeping you from him. Mm -hmm. And so I think with other things in our lives, other areas in our lives, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So verse one, my brothers show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. So I think we can already all repent, but let's (laughs) kind of talk about what, what that actually means. Like when it says show no partiality, what does that look like for our lives so I you know we're kind of word nerds over here and even when we can't pronounce them and then mm-hmm. one in my CSB Bible because we're reading from the ESV ESV uh-huh. is what we read every week but in my CSB um, the word is actually favoritism mm-hmm. instead of partiality and so they break it down in Greek and it actually comes from two we- Greek words mm-hmm. prosopon which is face and lambanan which is to take hold so this the Bible says this is a um, form of a Hebrew idiom, panim nasa, to lift up the face of a person. And so in turn to be partial to that person. And so it's talking about like lifting up their face and and um, basically being like favorite favoriting someone because of their appearance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lifting them to like a higher status because right. of some sort of outward appearance or something like that. And I think we just have to like right out of the gate say like partiality uh, um, and the gospel are incompatible. Yes. Like there's mm-hmm. no way for them like our whole understanding of the gospel is based on the fact that none of us should be shown favoritism, you know, like none of mm-hmm. us should be extended this higher status mm-hmm. and that in order for us to really understand the gospel, we have to all recognize that we all need a savior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this idea that there's partiality based on status or works yeah. or appearance is just completely incompatible with the gospel. And we'll talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. more as we yeah. get into this passage, but just wanted to like lay that out from the get gate. Yeah. Get gates. Get get go. go. (laughs) Okay, so moving on, verses two through four. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? I love how he's just like, 
this is what it is. Yeah. Like no fluff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've said that in the intro, like this is just his style. He's like, here, here you go. This is what it is. And, um, he's like, if you do that, you become a judge with evil thoughts. That is what it is. Deal with it. Repent, move on. Um, but I think I've been reading this book, gentle and lowly, which super good book, but he's not even talking about this passage in the book, but I feel like it goes well. And for us understanding like why this matters and how the gospel, what the gospel has to say about this. And so, um, Ortland in his book, gentle and lowly says divine grace is so radical that it reaches down and turns around our very desires. Christ becomes beautiful and we come to him and anyone, whoever is welcome to come. Mm -hmm. Um, and this, it also says this right in John 37, 630 verse 37 it says that the father gives who all who the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me I will never cast out and this is this is kind of why partiality is incompatible with the gospel when what James is saying here is when we say hey you're more worthy or you're less worthy we're making ourselves judges we're making ourselves taking the place of God and Mm -hmm. saying who who's worthy of the gospel and that's not something that we get to do. We don't get to decide who is worthy and who is not worthy. Right, right. This is something that um, really about two years ago, God really started convicting me of this. And um, I think I pushed against it at first because I'm not a hateful person. And so I was like, I'm not partial to anybody because like, it's not coming from a place of hate, but this morning on a podcast, I was listening to the mama bear apologetics podcast, actually that kind of goes along with the book. She said, our problem isn't necessarily hate or fear, but it's apathy or discomfort. So that apathy really got me because, um, I realized that it wasn't hate Mm -hmm. or even fear, which I tried to blame it on. I tried to blame some of my partiality on um, past experiences, which had led to fear, but it was, I think I had just gotten to a point of apathy mm. and um, maybe even laziness, mm-hmm. like not wanting to do the hard work, not wanting to repent, mm-hmm. not wanting to see these areas in my life that I really needed to work on. And so um, I just spent a lot of time in prayer and kind of doing a lot of soul searching and just talking with God. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like he He revealed a lot of areas to me. And then he really just has helped me work through those areas Um in different ways. Like he's, he's allowed opportunities for me to practically work on them. And I say this to, to encourage you once again, like we talked about on a few past episodes, like take these things to the Lord Mm -hmm. and he will answer your prayers. Mm -hmm. Like, because he did mine, because sometimes um, things like this seem so big and so like daunting, mm-hmm. but if you bring these things to the Lord, especially when it's things that his word says you need to work on, right. it's things that the Bible says you need to repent of and, and ways that you should or shouldn't be living, then he will be faithful to answer those prayers. Mm-hmm. And he, he has worked on that in me. And I mean, it's still a daily, mm-hmm. daily thing, you know, things that I, that I was partial to two years ago. Okay. I've worked through that and I've repented of that. And now it's like, Oh man, now I've got partiality in this area. You (laughs) know, it's, it's a daily battle. Um, but he's so good to help Mm -hmm. us work through those things. So as we're seeing these sins, as we're talking about these things, I think it's important to remember that we need to bring these things to God. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And if you don't have anything that comes to mind, like you can ask the Lord, like open my eyes and convict me of ways that I am not living this the way Mm -hmm. I should. I think apathy is a really good word when thinking about this, because I feel like we, we, we may forget 
that when it's talking about a rich man and a poor man, right, we may categorize what we think those people need. Does that make sense? So we mm-hmm. may think, oh, yep. that rich person probably doesn't need anything. Um, they probably are good, so I'm just going to kind of leave them over there. Or I'm going to show them favor or whatever because they're, they're not needy. And if we look over here, like he's saying, at the poor man, we would, would think maybe, okay, they need food or they need clothing or they need shelter. And, yes, those may be physical needs, but we have to remember that everyone, rich, poor, different ethnicities, different socioeconomic backgrounds, whatever it is, however we may classify people, we all have the same need, Mm -hmm. and that is Jesus. And so when we start to show partiality, we're trying to say – this need is greater or you you have more needs or less needs and we're forgetting that we're all in the same playing field no matter outward appearance everybody has the same need and that's a savior Mm -hmm. and so I think keeping that in mind keeping the gospel as the lens that we're reading and studying James through helps us to remember that partiality is a sin and it helps us to remember that everyone has the same need and so when we walk into places and we have a tendency to say I'm going to try to figure you out or I'm going to try to assume things about you. We're missing that. What God cares about is the heart. And we've talked about that every time we study a book of the Bible. We Mm -hmm. see this truth all throughout scripture is that God cares about the heart. We talked about it with David. We talk about it with Joseph. We talked about it with, you know, different characters. I keep saying characters, but they're real people, (laughs) different people in, in, um, in the story of God's redemption story. And, it's this theme, right? God cares about the heart. God cares about the Mm -hmm. heart. And so when we care about anything other than the heart, we're not imitating Christ as we should be. That's so true. That's so true. So we know that there's some big examples, especially going on in our world right now, um, of like showing partiality Mm -hmm. between like different ethnicities and SES status and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, political parties. And there are some big things going on, but how can we, Put this more on like a practical day to day as a mom, as a wife, Mm -hmm. as a student. um, How can we practice practice this not showing partiality in our day to day life? Yeah, I think two things and neither of these I came up with on my own. They're both from pastors I've listened to. But I think one is is if you catch yourself assuming anything, stop. Mm-hmm. Um, we t- we've been talking about this. Our church is going through a phenomenal series right now talking about um, the third way of Jesus, they've called it, and saying that we don't need to be polarized like Jesus offers a better way. And one of the things we talked about was that we we can um, stop our assuming about people. And so I've noted – I was very convicted by that because I have a tendency yeah. to – if somebody has one thing – different than me that's the thing I think of them about do you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying instead of thinking here's all the things we have the same I'm going to remind think of you as the thing we have different and that's just not godly I mean I even think like all the way back to Adam and Eve right when Eve's created the first thing he says is bone of my bone flesh Mm -hmm. my flesh you are the same as me yeah and so reminding ourselves like we are both image bearers and though we may have some differences and those can be beautiful right God uses all of these differences but we have so much more um, in common, common than we have differently. Mm-hmm. And those, and making assumptions about you based off that one difference is just rude. Like it's just <laughs> heartless, right? Like, yeah. and, and that kind of leads into the other thing that I've, I've heard through our sermon series, but also in another s- sermon I was listening to this morning, it's just like, take the time to sit with people mm-hmm. and like hear yes. their heart mm-hmm. instead of saying, I think this is your need, or I think this is your heart, or I think this is your sin issue. Like really sit with people. And if God cares about people's hearts, we should do that too. And that takes time and that yeah. takes humility and that takes, you know, 
some discomfort mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. um, and pushing through the mm-hmm. apathy and just saying, hey, like, I want to love you like Jesus does. And in order to do that, I need to lay aside what I think about you mm-hmm. or what I think your need is or my sinful partiality towards you and to put that aside and say, I want to be like Christ and to hear your heart and to love you in that way. Yeah, that's good. That's basically exactly what I was going to say about the assumptions. Mm -hmm. Um, Going through this and studying this week, I kept thinking about our sermon at church this past weekend and how this is very similar. The word partiality is very similar to the word like assumptions Mm -hmm. or like assuming something of someone. And our pastor talked about like even on social media, like when you're scrolling through and you see someone say something or hashtag a certain thing or not hashtag Mm -hmm. a certain thing and you immediately put them in categories, you immediately say, oh, they're this or they're this. And then you you that's the way like Aaron said that's the way you think about them that's Mm -hmm. how you categorize them instead of saying how are we alike Mm -hmm. and even more importantly instead of saying they are a fellow image bearer of God Mm -hmm. and as I was thinking about that this week I was like gosh this is so hard Mm -hmm. like I've really struggled with this because even like I can tend to swing the other direction right like I can see people that I think need me like Aaron was Uh talking about at the beginning of the episode your Enneagram too yes yes (laughs) and I'm like you know well they need food or they need this or they need that and I'm like well I'm helping them but in a way like I'm still showing partiality because Mm. then I'm thinking they're more important they Mm. need my help more than these other people it's Mm. still instead of seeing them as like equal with me Mm. as just a fellow image bearer of God I'm still showing some sort of partiality and so I think God puts people in our lives to kind of give us an examples Mm -hmm. um you know and so I was thinking about just some people in my life that I feel like do this well. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure everybody has sin in their heart, right? So they have they have areas of sin. But I was thinking about one specific lady. I don't know why she popped into my mind, but one specific lady that owned a Christian bookstore um, in my hometown growing up, and like I could not see her showing partiality to anybody. Mm-hmm. She's the sweetest lady that I have ever met in my entire life, and mm-hmm. she's still. I mean, she's on Facebook, and she's just so. She just oozes Jesus. Just mm-hmm. oozes. Jesus. And I'm like, that's what I want to be. Like, Mm -hmm. I want people to see me and to think she's not partial to anyone. She loves everybody the same. Mm -hmm. She loves everybody like Jesus does. She sees everybody as an image bearer Mm -hmm. and she just loves people. Um, because it puts the gospel on display. It does. does. And it's like I said, it's so hard Mm -hmm. and I've been hugely convicted this week. Like I said, not because I'm a hateful person. And so you don't have to have hate in your heart Mm -hmm. necessarily to show partiality, but I think it's something, um, we all do every day whether we realize it Mm -hmm. or not. And it's, something that that we can actively work on right right that's good so moving on verses five or verse five says listen my beloved brothers has not god chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him sounds a little bit like sermon Sermon on on the mount Mount. um so yeah we see echoes of the sermon on the mount but we you know we want to make sure we're using scripture to interpret scripture and and trying to understand exactly what that means, right? Because he's saying, don't show partiality, but then he's saying, but also hasn't God chosen the poor to be the rich? And so I think um, Matthew 25 is kind of helpful in understanding this. It's st- I'm going to start in verse um, 35. So chapter 25, verse 35, it says, this is Jesus talking. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. 
Um, and in the and then he says, and the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or without clothes and clothe you, clothe you? When did we see you in sick or in prison and visit you? And, and then it says, and Jesus answered them, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these you have done for me. And so I think that's just a good reminder for us to understand that Jesus is saying like, like James is talking about the whole time, right? Like we want to have a life that is in line with what we say we believe. We want to act out what we say. And in the end of chapter one, it was talking about this pure and undefiled religion, right? And so now he's saying, hey, this is going to hinder you from doing that. These Mm -hmm. part, this partiality in your heart is going to hinder you from doing that. So let's, let's recognize what that is and remember that, that Jesus has come for, even the poor in the world Mm -hmm. to be rich in his kingdom. And so when we classify people or when we fall into this partiality, we're forgetting that the gospel has implications on every aspect of life, including how we classify people and in that we treat everyone as though they are children of God. Mm -hmm. That's good. Does that mean that like rich people, God doesn't choose rich people? Of course not. Of course not. I think it's just, he's kind of making this point, right? Like, He's throwing off what they think mm-hmm. the kingdom looks like. Yeah, that upside down kingdom yes, that we exactly. saw all throughout Matthew. Exactly. And, yeah. and he's reminding us like, hey, you think that this person has more value, but I need to say this person has value. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. kind of make sense? Yeah, I think okay. that's good. I think another thing that if you're going through the James workbook, I think Natalie brought it out in there. Um, she talked about, and we see this all throughout scripture too, that sometimes riches can be a little bit of a hindrance um, and it can kind of blind you to your need for the gospel because you feel like, like Aaron mentioned earlier, you feel like mm-hmm. you have everything you need. And so you forget that you need the gospel. Right, and right. Um, so I think that's, that's good. just kind of another warning yeah. too yeah. Um, about that. So moving on verses six through seven, but you have dishonored the poor man are not the rich ones who oppress you. The ones who drag you into court, are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called? It's funny because we, you know, we're seeing a bit of his personality already, but I feel like we see it even more. He's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Because basically, <laughs> yeah. so like we talked about, con- this is why context matters, right? And this mm-hmm. is why understanding where he, why he's saying like the, to the dispersion and the, they're mm-hmm. in, under persecution, many of them. And so he's like, okay, the very people that are like taking advantage of you and oppressing you are the people that you're showing honor to. Like, what are you doing? That doesn't even make sense. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? It used to drive me crazy. I had friends who would date guys that that treated them horribly. Uh. And it's like, why is that our nature Uh. to like go towards people that don't treat us well? That's what you deserve. That's what I was going to say. Maybe that shows like our own, like where our own identity lies. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I just found that interesting because as I was always reading that and then I was reading your note about it, I was like, we do that all the time. And I don't. I don't know. It's just Brokenness. interesting. But it's interesting to see that even, you know, in in this day, like they were doing the same right. thing. So right. it's yeah, been part of like our human nature from yeah, from the beginning. Yeah. Or after the fall at least. Um okay, so verses 8 through 9, was there anything else you want to say about that? No. Okay. Verses 8 through 9. If you really fulfill the royal law according to scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. I love it. He's like, let me just say it again to make sure you guys understand. And I love that this time he says, 
he brings in other scripture, right? He says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing well. So he's like, mm-hmm. here's what's hindering you. Yeah. Here's what you should here's be what doing. Here's what you should be doing. Exactly. And it's just easy, right? Just mm-hmm. like love your neighbor as yourself. Like there's so easy. So easy. We never struggle with that. <laughs> never. I think like, I think it's, it's right. He's giving us kind of this, like, here's what you're doing, but here's what you should be doing. But at the same time, it's like calling us to repentance. Right? Absolutely. It's yeah. like, Hey, there's no way any of you are doing this perfectly. So let's just kind of, let's grow in our understanding that we need to repent. Mm-hmm. And repentance, that word always gets me because it's so much more than just saying I'm sorry, right? Like, I think we're really good at saying I'm sorry. We're really good at just throwing I'm sorry out there, saying right. I'm sorry all oh the gosh. time. Yeah, my kids do that. But do we actually... <laughs> Reed, Reed has strong feelings about this. Do we actually turn from our sin? Like, do we say, I'm sorry? Do we really have a repentant heart? And then we do we turn from that? Like, do we do things to actively change our behaviors and turn from that sin? I know that's something that I struggle with. Um, and so I think that that's, that's something to think about. Another thing I heard in a Matt Chandler sermon on this passage, he was talking about how you can't pick and choose which neighbors you love. And he's not just talking about your physical neighbors. Like that's true too, but any, you know, people in your life. And he was like, you know, some people are just downright annoying. Like, and, and that hit me too, because I'm like, you know, that's so true. There are some people that I'm not showing partiality to because, of any big thing except for the fact that they just get on my nerves and that sounds horrible but I think we all do it right like we all say like I don't want to be around that person clash or like exactly we just don't get along or yeah yeah, and that's not saying I mean you have to um you can't be best friends with everybody right so that's not what he's saying he's not saying you have to be absolute best friends with everybody but you are supposed to love everybody so just rejecting someone because you just simply don't like them that's not good either (laughs) and I liked what this said in my bible um about like discernment because I think it's important to remember that um we are to be discerning when it comes to like good and evil. And um, so my Bible note says um, that though God calls us to discern and to um, discriminate between good and evil discrimination based on mere externals, such as economic status, racial or ethnic differences and the like is considered an evil form of judgment. So I think that's important to remember too. Like there is a time when it's okay to be discerning. Like if you really are in danger or if, you know, um, if, if you just know that something's not good, like God does give us a way to discern these things, but that's not the same as showing partiality just simply because of the way someone looks or talks or, you know, things like that. Yeah. And I think like just to kind of, um, think about like the neighbors thing is I think we often think of neighbors as either like literal neighbors or like the nations or whatever, but your closest neighbors are the people who live under your roof. Yep. And so, I don't think we would ever say, in fact, I think it would be like quite mortifying if we said like, hey, they have a favorite kid or something like that, right? Like we'd be like, 
we know very clearly that that's very mm-hmm. detrimental to your children yes. to have a favorite. Yes. Yeah. So like, it's very clear when we think about it mm-hmm. to our kids, but do we also carry that same weight when we think about it in relationships with other mm-hmm. people? I think that's really good. That really hits home for yeah. sure. Yeah. My um, CSB Bible note said, loving others by considering their needs first combats the sin of favoritism. Mm. So if we're always thinking about mm. what others need, then mm that's going to just naturally combat this partiality Mm. or favoritism. Yeah. Especially I think it shows us their humanity. Yeah. Like you said earlier, if we're, if we're all on the same playing field, if we all realize we have the same need in Jesus, Mm -hmm. it it reminds us that they're a human too. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. All right. Um, Verses 10 through 13 for whoever keeps the whole law, but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are being judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Where do you want to start here? Boom. (laughs) So that very last little part always, every single time I've read this this summer, every single time I've listened to it stands out to me um, because, you know, we really deserve ultimate judgment and death. But God's mercy triumphed over that. His mercy... his mercy is is what has saved us and the only reason that we're not damned to hell forever, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And so why can't we show that to others? And yes. why shouldn't we show yes. that to others? Like, yeah. goodness, that just, that puts it in such perspective to yeah. me that if we have been shown such a great mercy, mm-hmm. then we need to show that much more to people in our lives. That's such a good point. I've heard that over and over on different teachings on this passage is if, if we've received grace, we should be so ready to extend mm-hmm. grace. Yeah. And the, the more grace we've received, the more we should be able to give. And we've all been given abundant amount of grace. Yeah. And so it should come naturally to us mm-hmm. and it doesn't always come naturally to us, but we need to make it a practice to be able to do that. I think that beginning portion um, where it talks about whoever keeps the law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. Like that always just bugged me at first because I'm like, well, that doesn't really seem fair or just. But then I have to remember like there's no gradient of sin. Like there's no like – oh, I only had a little bit of sin, um, and so God is, like, more happy with me. Mm-hmm. And I, they talk about that, actually, in Mom and Bear Apologetics, some of, mm-hmm. like, we can't do this comparison thing. Um, actually, it's all over the Bible, too. Um, and we can't think, uh, like, any amount of sin disqualifies us. Exactly. And we yep. all have sin. And so we're mm-hmm. all, like we said, on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. And we all have to understand that we are guilty of transgression because we have all sinned, even though our sin looks different, but it just comes back to that. Like we have to understand that although someone's sin may look different than ours, like they're just in as much need of mercy as we are. Yeah. And so we should be willing to show grace because we know our sin looks different, but we're all in need of a savior. We've said it on the podcast multiple times, but if you're new to listening, you might not have heard it. Um, but one of my favorite things I heard in a sermon one time, I think it was Matt Carter that said it, but he said, even if I was the only person on earth, Jesus would have still had to die for my sin, mm-hmm. no matter what my sin is. So mm-hmm. if I think my sin is so much less than so-and-so's sin, like that mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Like yeah. I still am in need of a savior. It still would have kept me from heaven. And mm-hmm. so Jesus still, his blood still would have had to even cover my, what I think is minor sin. Mm-hmm. 
I think if we're thinking like really practically as we close out this ep- episode, if we're thinking, okay, we might be feeling a lot of different things. We might be feeling really <laughs> convicted. All the things. We might be feeling, um, don't go into a place of shame. Obviously, that's yes, not, yeah. you know, we're not called to that. No. We're all... Read Romans, eight, Romans 8, friends. Read yeah. Romans 8. Um, there's, there's no there condemnation yeah. for those who are in Christ Jesus. But um, I think I like a practical what to do next kind of thing, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. what, what should we do? And I think, Casey, you already alluded to this, but I think a really good place to, to start is to just spend time in prayer. Mm-hmm. Just spend time in prayer, asking the Lord to show you where you're showing partiality and then be humble and, you know, repent of that and be willing to walk in those relationships and say, hey, if you've wronged someone or sinned against someone, like own that yeah, and repent yeah. of that. Um, it's awkward and it's hard, mm-hmm. but be willing to do that. It's worth it. And I think another thing that might be really helpful um, is to just soak in scripture, not just this passage, but other passages mm-hmm. where we see Jesus showing us this, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is plenty of opportunities where Jesus could have shown partiality, mm-hmm. um, but he doesn't, right? Like he has a tax collector as a disciple and a zealot. And he mm-hmm. takes all these people who look completely different and he brings them together and says, Hey, your identity is found in me now. Um, and so I think just like really immersing yourself in the life of Jesus and the gospels will be a, a really helpful in us understanding what it looks like for us to live without showing partiality. Yeah. I think that's good. Our pastor, does he even tweet? I was going to say he tweeted, but he did it Facebook or Instagram yesterday talking about being gentle like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's good. That's what I've been striving for, for a while now is just this gentleness Mm -hmm. like Jesus. And Erin already talked about the book that she's reading that talks about Jesus gentleness. And so I think immersing yourself Mm -hmm. in that and the truths of the life of Jesus is just, um, a really good, good practical step like yeah. you said yeah. um so our memory verse for next week is james two fourteen that says what good is it my brothers if someone says he has faith but does not have works can that faith save him and we will be covering james two fourteen through 26 next week have a great week enjoyed this episode please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on itunes and most importantly share with a friend the beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented katie cobbs